Welcome to Tights Camera Action, the podcast where a couple of real people talk about uh, some non-real people and those non-real people have superpowers. My name's Owen Vandenberg and I'm joined as always by my co-hosts Kyle Shearer. Hello. And Steph Kachias. Hey. And today we're doing Superman Returns and Steph, I want to know why. <sighs> okay guys, <clears throat> to tell the story about why we're talking about Superman Returns today, we have to go back in time. We have to go back in time to 2003. Do we go back in time by flying around the world really fast? (laughs) Don't step on my story. (laughs) (laughs) We have to go back in time to 2003 when I was 20 years old and I saw a movie called X-Men 2. And I thought, and I still think this, that it was the best superhero movie I'd ever seen. It is perfect. And I love that film so, 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 so much. And then they announced X-Men 3 and I was really excited because I thought for once there was going to be a perfect superhero trilogy. There was going to be, you know, a first movie that wasn't perfect but definitely set up a really compelling, interesting world. A second movie that hit a home run in terms of tone, action, story. It was just perfect. And I was just so excited that Brian Singer would be coming back to finish his opus, his mutant opus of this trilogy of films about mutants which are my favorite marvel enterprise i love the x-men and then brian singer announced that 20th century fox had no sorry warner brothers had hired him to reboot quote unquote superman but it wasn't a reboot it was a sequel to superman 2 and that they were going to recast superman and redo Superman in a completely different studio with a completely different um, comic background, like going from Marvel to DC. And then just to top it up, just to make everything so much worse, who do they hire to do X-Men 3? Brett Ratner. Brett Ratner. Brett Rush Hour Ratner. Brett Red Dragon. I remember <laughs> I remember when Olivia Munn was just Jessica Munn and she was like giving out blowjobs. You know what he said about Olivia Munn? It's some of the most that. sexist things I'd ever heard. I mean she's a bit of an idiot, but whatever. He's a disgusting pig of a human being mm-hmm. and he can't direct for shit. And he sure, sure sure did like to ram that fact home to us viewers when he totally butchered the Dark Phoenix storyline. And the Cure storyline and every other goddamn stupid storyline he tried to freaking... Mm. So anyway, uh, we're going to talk about Superman Returns today <laughs> because it's the movie that wrecked every superhero dream that I ever had. Even though you've been raised as a human being, you are not one of them. reason above all their capacity for good 
I have sent the mule, my only son. The thing is though, I didn't hate this movie. So this is what we need to discuss today because Superman Returns in its own right is fascinating and yeah. a failure and it's kind of in the Hulk sort mm. of spectrum of films that these sort of weird films that came out interesting to talk about not a huge success not a complete failure either just this weird thing that happened mm. I don't hate this movie either and it's, this movie gets a lot of hate this is an easy one to, to shit on like everyone just kind of it's, it's kind of shorthand like oh that terrible Superman movie it's just like Hulk yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. and um, I think it's better than, than the kind of collective opinion of it. Like the sort of, I feel like pop culturally we all decided that movie was terrible, and I think it's better than that. I think it's got strengths to it, but I think it is really held back by the fact that it's a sequel to a movie that already had two sequels after it or something. Like it's, it's, yeah. Superman, it's, it's soft, also soft sequel slash yeah, reboot. Yeah, it's a weird soft sequel reboot. So they, they're caught in trying to recreate the Donna movies and then... But not really being willing to make their own movie with it, and it's yeah, it is utterly bizarre. <laughs> it is such a bizarre movie, and there are bits of it that I really like, and there are bits that are clearly meant to be bizarre. Because I think at its core, it's a movie about like an actual god on Earth, with and it's playing it totally straight, and it's saying this is this would be a weird thing, and he would be a real weirdo, and. It's, it's just such a, a strange, long, long movie. It's like two hours and 34 minutes, I think, and it feels every second of it. Mm. It, is, it is a real slog. And uh, should, we, should we jump in? Should we? Yeah, mm. let's do it. So we jump in and... Superman's been missing. For five years. I was going to go yeah. before that oh, right. with the opening sequence. <laughs> yeah, so sorry, oh, Kyle needs to I, talk about this. Well, <laughs> opening sequences, like, you know, they, they really set the tone of the movie. They sure and do. as we said, with Hulk's opening sequence, we had like the frenetic kind of lab notes and like censoring and experiments going on. And it sort of told us, okay, this is like this modern Frankenstein thing. And his dad is kind of like a real piece of work. Uh, with the Superman Returns opening, it's kind of like this, we're swooshing through space to the, the classic Superman music, and it's kind of like, it feels more like a Men in Black movie or something. It's just really weird. It's, 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 it's like a space screensaver or something, where it's like ducking and weaving through all these meteors, and it's just, it's so unlike the tone of the actual movie that follows. Yeah, it is. So the opening sequence happens, and then we cut to a mansion, I mm. believe, don't we? That's right. It's a dark and stormy night. It's a dark and stormy night, and there's a mansion. Mm-hmm. And in this mansion, there's an old woman in a bed. Is am yeah. I have I jumped ahead? So I think no, we're that's... we're all debating: should we tiptoe around this, or should we come <laughs> out and say? I'm speaking gonna... to the old woman. Is a man who definitely has hair because he has long curly locks on his head. Yeah, so he this has... couldn't possibly Guys, be any bald character hair. that we know I mean, of. We've got a lot of hair stuff to talk about in this movie yeah. as well. But yeah, we're not tiptoeing around anything. I think Kyle's just biting his tongue, waiting. No, I, waiting. I, I, I'm just gonna. It's the elephant in the room. I'm just gonna come out and say it. Lex Luthor fucked an old lady. <laughs> right in the opening scene of the movie. Okay, hang on. That's you dark. don't see anyone getting yeah. shipped. Let's be clear. <laughs> they don't says, cut to the bed. She's not in bed because because of that. She's dying. She's on her deathbed. Fucked a <laughs> He screwed an old lady to death. She says, you have shown me such 
pleasures. And he's just stroking her hand. And it's Kyle, like... I have had it with your kink shaming, okay? <laughs> they are consenting adults. <laughs> they can do whatever they like. It doesn't matter that she's rich. Her death. Yeah, too deaf. <laughs> That's fine. They are allowed to do this. It is. It is. Stop hating on it's love. Certainly, a new take on Lex Luthor. <laughs> I. I mean, I. I always kind of wanted a Lex Luthor who was really willing to like give it to like a octogenarian. <laughs> Like, I, I, I don't know, I think that was just, there was always like a missing piece of the puzzle, and then I was like, oh, that clicks. Doesn't that clicks she deserve in happiness in her final moments? Well, she, she does. She clearly uh, dies happy. Like, I, I love the rest of the family waiting outside the yeah. room, but they're like, oh god, it's, it's happening again right now. And they're like, they're like kind of knocking on the door and saying like, uh, like yelling at her to like, uh, Kick out Pull out. Her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <just like. laughs> so, no, okay, everyone listening, if you haven't watched it, they are not fucking in that room, okay? They may as well be. No, they're, eye, they're not. Eye screwing. <laughs> Definitely. They're not. They're in there, and she instead, well, he's fucking her in another way. He's fucking her financially. Because what's happening is she's signing over all of her money to him. She's literally dead and or dying, and he's like, "Yes, sign your will hmm. and sign every all of your wealth over to me." Yeah. And she does, and she also has two pomeranians. Doesn't he grab her hand and make her finish the signature? Yeah. Right. So what's the point of everything else? He's just going to commit contract fraud anyway. I thought that, but I think at that stage she'd already written up the will saying basically, "Let's ah, lose the yeah. Everything. Don't you have to sign a bunch of places on a will? Like it's never just one <laughs> no, signature. Just one place. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we it's revealed that it's Lex Luthor, I guess. Mm. I can't remember how, but it is. And uh, and then it's sort of, he he comes oh, he comes out of the room after he's signed on the will, right. and then he takes off his wig <laughs> and he throws it to a little girl, and he's like, "You keep that. Everything else is mine." <laughs> and <laughs> then like, the little girl looks at the wig and goes. And that's so why I bizarre. think there is weak horror in this movie. Mm. There's movie, multiple instances there's multiple of weak horror. Where yeah. a, a, someone is confronted with a wig and cannot deal with it. Mm. Like, they're like, this is the scariest shit I've ever seen. And it's like a piece of hair. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, maybe they just never existed in the DC universe. It's He's like a... one of the differences between our reality and theirs. Or like, 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 oh, like, because, like, like hanks of human hair. <laughs> just like... Oh. So, um, here's a question for you. When is this movie set? It is, I'm going to say it's set in 2006, uh, the year that it was released, because they, they give us a few time cues in here, and I think the time cues are really important, because they say Superman's got like a skip town about five years ago, which would put his date of departure probably around 2001. I'm going to say they set it so that Superman skipped town pretty much on like September 10, 2001. <laughs> <laughs> See you later, guys. Oh. No, I'm, no, I'm serious. Because if you have a Superman movie and you're sitting in the real world and it's like Superman's been around all this time. Yeah, where was he? And this is 2006. So <laughs> it's still a bit of a hanging question. Like they, And superhero movies have been kind of like editing it out. Like Spider-Man 2 originally had Spider-Man hanging between the twin towers. Spider-Man 1. Spider-Man 1, sorry. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I think the timing is no accident. I think the whole five-year departure thing was so that we could have it in this world and there's like an excuse as to why Superman didn't stop it from going down. To follow that logic then, because Lois Lane has won a Pulitzer for the editorial Why the World Doesn't Need Superman, does that mean she's saying why 9-11 was a good thing? <laughs> 
And, what, pu- and why in the post 9-11 world are Pulitzers being given to a chick writing about Superman? Surely there'd be other th- pieces of amazing journalism going on. It's always the central conceit of, um, at least in terms of the, the movies, how it's always been handled, that Lois Lane is just famous for writing about Superman, right? Like, that's, that's always the thing with her, is that everyone wants to know about Superman and they have to know in print media from Lois Lane. <laughs> It's kind of bizarre, like, the whole Daily Planet thing in this movie. Mm. And I, I suppose we'll get to it when it comes up in the plot, because I've got a few questions specifically about Perry White and Frank Langella. But <laughs> Lois Lane's, like, journalism, yes, yeah, I, I think she's got, like, another Pulitzer for, like, why my child is definitely James Marsden. <laughs> why, why paternity tests are bullshit. Like, why DNA testing is, is not really true yeah. 100% of the time. She basically just has a blog. Yeah. She's <laughs> got a Tumblr. Then what happens? They, um... Well, so, Superman... Re- oh, that's right. We cut, to the, we cut to Superman returning. So, uh, Kent, Kent Funk. Yeah. And, uh, so Mark Kent has just, like... She's just entertained a visitor. She's doing the dishes. She's probably getting some sweet, sweet D like all the other old ladies in this well, movie. I, d- I did write down Mark Kent Swinger, question mark, but I wasn't sure. Maybe she's got sure. some inheritance to sign over. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, it does raise the question of like Kent Farm because she's like running that thing single-handedly now. And what, are we, still... what are we told is the most valuable thing in this movie? Land. Land. <laughs> yes. Land is the but one thing like, you can't make anymore. With, with Kent Farm, it's like... Are the neighbours asking questions? Are they like, did you did you bring back slavery or something? It's like, how is this farm still turning over like acres and acres? I of like corn? how you're like, oh, an old lady has a successful mar- farm. Slavery. Yeah. Like, you, can't you she just like she might actually hire like farm hands? Like, never, you know, never, like actual like, farms. They've do. got like one barn, and you never see any workers there. And well, it's because they're it's about it the not? characters, man. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Big question mark for big, me. Big missing scene of just like the infrastructure and of how they run mm. Kent Farm. Yeah, I need yeah, to see the day to day. I want to see her using QuickBooks. Yeah, like. that's what I was going to say. Like, how does she balance her books? Yeah, but uh, important. While she's doing the dishes, uh, the, the starts like trembling and shaking, like the the house does, and uh, this like meteor shower mm. kind of like begins in like her her farm. So she goes to check it out. And she's looking like, she's got this look of trepidation, like, on her face. And I have to think, like, for the Kents, seeing, like, a meteor crash in the back of your farm must be, like, a pregnancy scare. It's like, <laughs> oh, shit, is there another baby alien? Because oh. I really don't have the budget to take <laughs> Too old for this shit. Like, how, why you are can't, there baby aliens? Can't abort a, it's a Kansas. Meal. It's Kansas. You've got to take it across <laughs> state lines. But, but is she, like, she, like, oh, God, I, I really, this, this farm, we made, like, one piece of corn like last year because I've got no workers I, I don't can't think support you really farms work <laughs> we made one piece we, of they, corn I, made, I built one corn <laughs> and unfortunately slavery is now illegal so yeah. I've got no workers okay yep so um, Superman it turns out that Meteor is Superman yeah. her son Clark mm-hmm. and actually that's like the only time we see Mark Kent in the whole movie she comes I think she kind of pops up towards the end yeah, yeah, the but like you know, she's in mm. one scene essentially, and yeah. that's when she comes in. And then basically, he's back, right? Like he's just back hanging out at the farm, mm-hmm. and then decides to go back to work. Yeah, well, it's, it's kind not of... really explained too much into why. 
why he went and where he went. It kind Didn't of he go looking for Krypton? He went yeah. looking for Krypton. Yeah. But that's pretty much all they say. Like, yeah. I went looking for Krypton, I couldn't find it. Yeah, it wasn't that because it blew up, which I think he already knew. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what he was expecting, but he, like, crashes back down into the camp farm with, like, a bunch of meteors. It's a pretty rocky landing, which I thought was pretty funny. But then it's like, he's, like, chilling out back He has no home. experience with landing a meteor. Like, the only other time he did it, he was a baby, so... That's true, I guess. Uh, and then he's like back home. Mark Kent's kind of like really angry at him. I think she slaps him and says something like, or she says like, you know, if your father was alive, he never would have stood for this. Like you just nicking off for five years without saying a word and then just coming coming back as if nothing had happened. And made me think like when, when, the, when the meteors were arriving and my house is shaking, uh, there's a quick cut of the Scrabble board and I paused it and there's like all of like these theme heavy words that she's been playing and one of the big ones is alienation uh, uh, and also padding which are the two big themes yep. of this movie padding padding as in padding for time because <laughs> I'm, I am sure that there's a cut out like, I, I was staggered that the actual Scrabble game wasn't included in the mm. movie yeah yeah like yeah. it's it's a, such a long movie it doesn't really leave anything out oh um, but you were wanting like shots of farm hands and like I said the right the right type of padding okay. uh, but yeah, so I think alienation is, is the obvious one because Clark Kent or Superman or Kal-El in this movie uh, is he's really kind of aloof mm. from emotions and just like humans in general. Like he just doesn't seem to get it, which I think is one of the things that really works well in the movie. And he just doesn't seem to understand that just like going off for five years isn't and a big deal. Back. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I've got to say, Brandon Routh is it Routh or Ruth? I think Ruth. Uh, we should have looked that up before. I think it's. I think it's, I'm going to say Ruth, but it could be Ralph. I'm going to say Roth. <laughs> okay, let's just. Well, let's all say different things. I'm just going to call him Roth. I'm not going to say Brandon. Brandon Ralph is um, great in this movie. Mm. I honestly like him a lot. Yeah. I don't understand why. I mean, I feel sorry for him. I thought he was uh, that his career sort of stalled after this, and now he's sort of he's in Arrow spinoffs and things like that. Mm. He's in a lot of um, we. TV shows is unfortunate because I actually think he's a very talented actor and I loved him as Clark. Like his Clark Kent was mm. great. Yeah. It was as good as um, Christopher Reeve's wonderful portrayal of Clark Kent, that real bumbling sort of dork mm. yeah. where it is absolutely ridiculous that no one can tell that he's Superman. <laughs> it is yeah. so annoying and that annoys me in all of the incarnations of this. It's like he looks exactly like him. He's wearing glasses. We can all imagine what each other looks like without glasses on. It's so infuriatingly stupid that people don't see that. But the character is different. Like, yeah. and the way he carries himself is so different that that helps you. Hmm. It's still stupid, though. A bit of uh, Superman trivia uh, for this movie, talking about the different actors that have played him. I read that uh, when Brandon Ruth was playing uh, Superman and Superman Returns as, like, obviously an adult Superman. Smallville was on, mm. and he's actually younger than Tom Welling, who was playing, like, high school Superman yeah. in that show. That, that show guy was, was, like, 40 by the time Smallville <laughs> ended. It was hilarious. Were you going to say something? Oh, just about um, Brandon, Brandon Roth. That he, <laughs> like his performance is great, and this is one of the examples where I think they were too, uh, they were held back by being tied to the to the Donna movies. Is that his whole performance? He's really great, but he's still just doing Christopher Reeves, Clark Kent. He didn't get it. Yeah. I felt like he never got a chance to do his own version of the character. It just feels like he's constantly doing um, yeah. Reeves' version. I had a bit of a different take. Like I, I really liked his 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 portrayal in this, and I think the 
when he was like just at a default, like when he was being himself, like at Kent Farm, and he's just kind of got this glossy blank expression. Like there's a shot of him like skipping through the news channels and just mm. like Palestine, Iraq, Syria, and he's like, eh, I'm not gonna bother with any of these. And it's just like, yeah, he is so he is so like lofty and kind of a bit a bit cold or a bit distant. And uh, when he plays, when he like pretends to be Clark Kent or when he like puts on his like bumbling Clark Kent persona, I think it, it kind of reminded me of like Nightcrawler or Dharma or something. One of those movies where they're acting as like, they put on this like facade of being like this mm. regular person. Yeah. And it's, it's actually really scary because underneath that, you know, of this like, this, this completely alien sort of in, like personality and yeah that his Clark Kent was kind of creepy to me like the the way that he was kind of bumbling it seemed so much more affected but now that we know what when we were seeing like glimpses behind the mask it was kind of a bit like American Psycho or something like he was such a his, his Superman was so like estranged from humanity mm. That's always been my favourite explanation of the why can no one tell that Clark Kent and Superman are the same guy is that everyone's actually aware of it. They all know because it's obvious, but everyone's just really terrified <laughs> of the fact that they're involved with like a super powerful god yeah. <laughs> and, they don't, and they don't want to upset him. So everyone's just like, don't engage, just just, just let him do what he wants. Yeah. So Superman at this point is just kicking it at Mum's farm and then he sees the piece of news that kind of like pulls Superman and Clark Kent back into like their old life, mm. which is this space shuttle sequence. Yes. So what did you think of that and also Kate Bosworth's Lois Lane? Um, Kate Bosworth's Lois Lane grew on me throughout the, throughout the film. At first, I didn't like her at all. She doesn't have any gravitas. She doesn't look smart. Amy Adams is a much better choice yeah. to play Lois Lane because Amy Adams is like legitimately cool and smart and has an intelligence about her. Kate Bosworth just looks like a girl. I wrote down with. America's co-worker Kate Bosworth. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even go that far. To me, she's America's college student. Like she's she looked too young, but that's not really her fault. I mean, I don't think it was a good casting. Hmm. That said, throughout the film, her performance didn't grate me as much, and I didn't hate her. I thought she was perfectly serviceable in the role, in a role that is pretty thankless, and she doesn't really do much. Um, so that's something. Um, the sequence itself was, I guess, pretty entertaining. Very long. Like, we oh. actually see... No, I'm serious. Like, what, so she's on this uh, this shuttle. It's meant to be, like, a Virgin Galactic thing. And I think Richard Branson actually has a cameo as one of the engineers. Mm. But it's kind of like this uh, semi-space shuttle plane thing that she's on. And they've got, like, a, a flight attendant kind of, like, talking them through the tech and showing them these animations. And we see pretty much the whole, like, animation of how it works and how it like goes up and what the company is and it's just like why did we really need all of this exposition about like a shuttle that we all know is going to crash yeah. mm. but some some one funny thing that i liked is that so the the shuttle goes up lois lane's on the shuttle reporting on it and then it it screws up it goes wrong and it's i think going to like shoot up into space and there's like as as the turbulence starts in the plane, like the overhead lockers like snap open, and all this like luggage starts falling out on people's heads. I'm like, who is packing stowaway luggage for this two-hour like press flight, which is meant <laughs> to be like just this demonstration of the technology? And yeah. someone's just got like a book bag with like their 
beaters and like a bunch of books and like a, <laughs> all of their hoodies and like cameras and I'm like, oh my god, this is not like you're not packing for a trip here. This yeah. is meant to be just like a two yeah, hour demonstration. It's not a round trip. It's actually a hop on hop off thing. They're actually yeah. Yeah, like everyone's going down to Florida. That's where they're going to land. <laughs> but uh, I kind of liked so so the shuttle. It's experiencing troubles and then Superman comes and it's his big sort of uh, re-emergence into societies, like stopping this shuttle from crashing and saving everyone. And the way it plays out is actually like, kind of like the Icarus myth. It's like humanity has tried to like go beyond the earth and like tried to like, its its reach has exceeded its grasp Mm. and tried to like reach the stars and then screwed up and crashes down and Superman is there to like gently like guide us back down to the ground. There's a reference to Prometheus as well earlier in the Mm. film um, with the same thing and I actually circled that and was like how does that relate to this story at all and you've just you've just answered my question but even then like it's not it just doesn't really have anything to do with the second half of the movie. Well it doesn't doesn't because I think it shows a lot about like Superman's character in this like he is basically a god and because he's basically a god or he's in the role of, like, a mythological god, it kind of, like, means that he's above us always. And mm. he, like, he even says, like, I'll always be around, like, I'll be here forever. But the way that translates is we see, like, the actual power dynamic of it, and it's not it's not great. Like, mm. it's I'll not... I'll intervene when I feel like it. Yeah, and also, yeah. like, it's always got this thing of, like, oh, humans always try to, like, go too far, or, like, they should just, like, stay in their place, st- stay in their limits. Like, don't don't be like Icarus flying too close to the sun, setting these shuttles up. Just like stay on the ground where you belong, and Superman's there to like show us our place and help us so long as we're like staying within those bounds. I thought it was like it, it added to like this kind of yeah the inherent creepiness of Superman, which is like he is so powerful and lives among us that it's it's impossible for that not to be kind of a weird dynamic. Yeah. So um so he he saves the plane and um, Lois sees him again and she faints. Mm-hmm. And then Clark goes back to work, and oh, what a coincidence! Clark is back at the same time Superman's back. Yeah. Clark just was on a holiday for five years or something like that. Is his weird explanation? He's... Yeah, but I didn't mind that so much because I don't know, like if like Andy Kaufman came back, and at the same time, <laughs> like I came back from a holiday, then you wouldn't be like, God, are you actually Andy Kaufman? It's like actually. It's like, why would why would you assume that someone who comes back from a holiday is like Superman? Okay, Owen looks intrigued at this. <laughs> I'm just now... sizing up Kyle in his Andy Kaufman esque looks. Yeah. <laughs> you are him. you are wacky enough to be one of his creations. It's true. Mm, maybe. <laughs> well, I, I'm still being worked. There is there I is no way this person is actually real. <laughs> um, so cut back to our villains, Lex. Okay, now there's a scene where Lex goes to the Fortress of Solitude mm-hmm. and he steals some crystals because crystals are like well, what the, sh- the deal is and he steals a bunch of crystals and he gets them to talk to him about something. He gets, he gets the fortress to talk to him and then he comes up with a plan and the plan is very vague at first to what he's trying to do. I still don't understand. At one point they go to like a, um, a place where there's a... a, a, a um, Model train and mm-hmm. very detailed, some a very detailed model train set, and him and his cronies, including Parker Posey as Kitty, giving a weird performance. I kept thinking she was Elizabeth Banks, like again and again <laughs> and again. They're very different, Kyle. They're very similar, but anyway, go on. They're very different. Do you remember that time they both went on holiday and they <laughs> yeah. both came back at the same time? 
<laughs> Parker Posey is amazing. Elizabeth Banks is good, but Parker Posey is amazing in like you know all of the Christopher Guest movies and stuff. But anyway, and Blade Trinity. Oh, <laughs> she's probably the best thing about that movie. Okay, well, anyway, she's in this movie playing like Lex's like sidekick gal, and she has like a moral arc in the story, which we can talk about. But anyway, um, she's also inherited one of the Pomer- one of the Pomeranians that turned out to be a cannibal Pomeranian of the old lady, um, because yeah, apparently Pomeranians eat each other. So that's just something that happened after but, like two days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's amazing, though. I mean, you wouldn't think that. Um, I've got to say, folks, the three of us are sweating so bad. It's really hot. It's, it's, it's a 41 degree it's day. It's a 41 it's degree day and we don't have any um, air con on. So anyway. but, um, yeah, so with Lex and his cronies, there's, there's a few things to unpack here. One is like Kryptonian science and culture, which I always thought was like meant to be this pinnacle of civilization and all this sort of stuff. But... Their architecture is just like throwing a crystal into a lake well, and then is... it just explodes. It's like they've taken like the put a bar of soap into a microwave approach into building everything. But, so are we supposed to believe that that's... So this is my question. So yeah, they, they throw some crystal into this water of this thing and it blows up this giant mountain of crystal, right? Mm-hmm. So is that what the Fortress of Solitude told Lex to do? Yeah, it's just like, yeah, just pop That's in water. where the idea of the plan just came throw it from. In water. That's, guess, what, that's yeah. how we build all our cities. How do you build yours? Yeah. Oh, with when steel. You guys have construction. With, with cement. <laughs> you just throw a crystal in water. Yeah. <laughs> who, who cares? Like, a crystal will go that way, a crystal will shoot that way. It doesn't matter. No wonder you you're just, building like, fall like over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's just like, they'll, they'll throw the crystal in, it'll do whatever it does, and then you just build your city around it. It's yeah. like, Lex was saying, this is how he built the Fortress of Solitude, or this is how he built his home. Like, it's not really building, though. This is like, just plonking yeah. a crystal in it. It just shoots up and then you just like work around it. Visually really cool. Mm. Like the cold oak crystal scenes I really liked the way they looked. Um, the other thing to say is that Cal Penn, who played um, Kumar in Harold and Kumar Go to White Castle and also was in the Obama administration, mm. is in this movie as one of the cronies. He says nothing. I think his part was actually cut cut down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he has no lines. Literally yeah. no lines in I kept, I, I kept, It kept tripping me up because I, I yeah. kept being like, oh, better pay attention because Cal Penn's like, you know, recognisable actor. Yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. He's mm. going to do something soon. And yeah, <laughs> never really... He, like, his biggest thing to do is like, yeah, he chips off that tiny bit of the crystal and then throws it in the model train set and then... And he flies a helicopter later. Yeah. Um, but it's it's that putting the crystal underneath the model train set that's what start sparks this massive electromagnetic pulse which kind of causes Lois's sh- airplane to start like tanking down. Uh, so those two plots start tying together. Um, but after like Lex has thrown that little crystal in the little mod- model train set, or like after that uh, Superman saved that plane, uh, we go to like the Daily Planet newsroom. And we see Frank Langella, or Langella, however you pronounce it, playing like Perry I'm going to say White. Longella. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and he is like, Perry White is like bouncing off the walls. He's in an editorial meeting and he's like, okay, everything's got to be Superman. So you're like, sports, like, how are you going to get that plane out of the field? And he's like, and he's just like listing all of the different pages and they're all going to be like nothing but Superman stories. And it was just like, yeah, it's like, oh. Uh, Property. Uh, will, will somebody build a nice house for Superman? It's like crossword page. I I want to. I want Superman to be one of the crossword clues. And it's like <laughs> just, just like uh, letters to the editor. Uh, I'm gonna write a letter to myself about Superman. I'm gonna put it in this <laughs> it's like, comics. Get us. Get me a Superman comic. And it's like nothing but Superman. And mm. then uh, Lois Lane kind of calls him on it, and she's like, 
what about the electromagnetic pulse? That's the real story. It's mm. like, you shut your mouth. It's like only three things sell newspapers. Tragedy, sex, and Superman. <laughs> and it was kind of weird for me because I always thought, like, isn't the Daily Planet meant to be good? Like, I don't know much about... No, I'm serious. I don't yeah. know much about Superman. But I know, like, for example, with Spider-Man, like... I. Uh, what's the his Google? name? JJ. Oh, yeah, JJ Jameson. Like, it's, he's meant to be like a caricature. So when he's like saying, you know, I want pictures of Spider Man, you're kind of like, oh, okay, it's like a comedic. It's, that's tech. the Herald Sun. Yeah, yeah. Of, of I, thought, I thought the Daily Planet, like, I mean, Lois Lane won a Pulitzer. And this guy is just like, he's acting but like JJ. Her winning that Pulitzer thing was so fucking ridiculous. We need like, to tell the audience that she's a really good journalist, so we just need to show her. And they keep bringing it up, they're like, remember when you won the Pulitzer? Yeah, yeah. And then, later in the movie, she's going to the Pulitzer dinner. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, she just won it? But yeah. why would you... But she already has the plaque. They don't give yeah. it to you at the dinner. But if you were a Pulitzer awards winner, why wouldn't you, like, why would you be at the Daily Planet if it was just a tabloid? It's it's so weird how, yeah, how Perry White is acting in these oh, things. No. She's making it look like yeah. this, like, red top. And yeah. it would be like... If, like, Ta-Nehisi Coates worked at, like, NT News or something, and he's like, listen, Ta-Nehisi, only three things sell newspaper. Crocodiles, and topless bathers, and Superman. And I, don't want, I don't want to hear any more about the case for reparations. Just focus on crocodiles. That's all, that's all, we, that's all we need. But it was It was, it so was ridiculous. Yeah. And at this stage, we also meet uh, James Marsden, uh, who is uh, Lois's fiancé, and her son, uh, Nathan, no, what was his name? Uh, Jason. Her son, Jason, who's mm-hmm. this little kid, cute kid. Mm-hmm. About, uh, how, how old? About five years? <laughs> yep, he's yeah. about five years oh, old. Right. five, yeah, yeah. Right I think he's about five. He's right? a yeah, po- definitely about five. More, he, closer to five than four, I yeah, think. He's a post-9-11 baby. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Probably was conceived around the 10th of September, yeah, 2011. Right, anyway, um, so he, um, yeah, there's a little kid. And uh, he says hello to Clark. And they have some looks to each other. He's a real little wiener too. Like he's puffing up, puff, puff, puffing away on that asthma pump. He's got like allergies to everything. He has to take like fifty pills an hour. Yeah, it's like just to live. <laughs> just to live. He's it's just... like I thought he was. He's clinging like, to life. All right, Jason. It's time, time for your stint in the iron lung. Well, it's twelve o'clock. <laughs> anyway, then uh, you know some other stuff happens, um, and then there's a scene where. Um, I don't know, there was another sort of like hamstrung action scene in the middle where like he just like uh, Superman just saves some stops some robbers from doing something. I don't know, what were they doing? So Lex Luthor set up like some classic like Misdirection. Yeah, misdirection. So he had like a big bank robbery and I think like he'd sent uh, Parker Posey out on a car with no brakes. Like Mm. big sort of spectacles that Superman could like swoop in and save the day for while he actually went and did what he needed to do. Which was to steal kryptonite Mm. from the... But wasn't that also the scene where, where he gets shot in the face? Yeah, not just in the face, like in the, in the eye. eye. In the eye, in the, yeah. And it, again, yeah. it's like, it's so creepy. So, the, yeah, the bank <laughs> robber just, like, shoots Superman and it Superman is. stops him. And we all know, like, bullets bounce off Superman. But the way they did it with, like, the bullet just, like, slowly hitting his eye and then just crumpling while he doesn't even blink. Yeah, we're meant to think this guy is not like us and it's kind of, like, it's shocking that we're treating him as, like, this sort of, this compatriot when yeah. he's clearly, like, he can't relate to us on any level. Yeah, that's true. He, yeah, I, I felt so much more sympathetic to, like, classic Lex Luthor watching this because not so much Kevin Spacey's portrayal, but, like, the traditional Lex Luthor in the comics has always been, you know, he hates this idea of this alien presence being celebrated 
because he thinks that if we celebrate like an alien god then we're going to lose our aspiration ourselves and it's it's just the nature of it is just going to hold us back mm. and i think superman returns like completely went that route with superman can we talk about lex luthor character actor because when he goes into the museum he has like a little exchange with the museum staff and they say like oh you know the museum's closing in 10 minutes and he says we only need five but he doesn't say it in his normal voice and he's also he's got another wig on it's a different wig than before very luxurious one yeah he's getting into his character right so he's got this wig but he does his like he does what would become the Frank Underwood voice like he does his southern accent he goes we only need five I I didn't even pick that up but you're absolutely right yeah Yeah. why (laughs) there is no reason for Lex to Lex has been researching this character he's got this yeah, guy that grew up in Savannah, Georgia, and he had like a whole, you know, history that brought him to Metropolis to go to the museum one day at ten minutes to five. I found that a really good parallel to Clark Kent because Lex Luthor is basically doing what Superman is like. He's going out in public mm. with these wigs and these affectations and mm. these accents and his voice, and we can see that it's like, yeah, he's kind of mocking us in a way, and he's he has to pretend, he has to actively pretend in order to like associate with like the regular person, just like Superman does. All right, so I thought I'll that was that. an interesting, an interesting panel. And then later on in his room, we see he's just got like all of these like mannequin heads with all yeah. of these different wigs yeah. on it, and uh, which which you know the little kid. This is on his boat. The mm. kid finds and it's like wigs. It's really scary wig stuff, yeah. guys. Um, it's not I, like it's the room of heads from Return to Oz or anything. It's a bit <laughs> like, like that. Um, I want to say, I liked Kevin Spacey's performance in this mm. movie. I I was... Yeah. It was... It, it drew the line very similarly to how Gene Hackman played him in the... Well, mm. it's better than Gene Hackman, actually, because yeah. that was a really silly performance. Really, really comical in the, in the Richard Donner movies. But in this movie, you know, Kevin did his, like... Funny thing sometimes, but he also when, did when he, when he screwed that old lady. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> yep. Go on. Yep. Uh, anyway, everyone then... deserves love, Kyle. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're not going. Guys, we're not going into this. I'm not. I'm not entering into this again. You both need to settle down. So um, instead, no. He um, when he um, like there's a scene when he gets caught in the um, Lois and her son go into the boat and catch him. She, of course, just goes onto their boat for, without being, you know, without being invited because she's an idiot. And um, he turns around, he's brushing his teeth. <laughs> and there's this great moment where sort of like they turn and look at him and he's like, brush, 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 stop. And he sort of looks at them with this weird look on his face, like half like funny and then also half menacing. And I actually, like it was, he, he walked the line between comic and scary well. And then mm. that's when the character starts to get scary when he starts threatening her and threatening the kid. And he is scary in those scenes. Mm, yeah. So like, I thought he was good. Yeah, I thought he brought just the right level of camp to it. For, yeah. Especially for what the movie is and the general tone of the movie. I thought he fit it quite well. And look, Kevin Spacey fitting in right at the right level of camp is quite an achievement for that guy. Mm, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, as we all know, he brings the camp to a lot of things. I think it was a bit of a missed opportunity. I just think the Luther they chose as a villain, uh, with his whole scheme and his mannerisms, I think if they had tweaked it to be more like, I mean, there's so many different like versions of Lex Luthor, but mm. if they tweaked it to one more as like the sort of the evil, cold businessman who who had those like philosophical objections to Superman, I think that would have been a really great counterbalance. But instead, like. Yeah, his slightly campy approach and, like, the ludicrousness of his scheme and just, like, the, the fact that he's got his, like, pack of henchmen that he has, like, weird banter with. Uh, I don't know. I just felt it was, like, it was a bit like a different movie. 
Um, mm. And also there was really very, very little interaction between him and Superman. Mm. They only meet like... Towards the end. Yeah, yeah like right. at the very end. Yeah. And that's like they have one scene together. Well, that's the thing. So it's, it, it's not even really made clear. Like there is a scene where he's reading the paper that Superman has returned. Mm. But like he doesn't really react. He's not like, shit, Superman's mm. back. My nemesis. Like he's mm. just like blah, blah. And Kitty's like, oh, he's cute. And like that's it. <laughs> the, the big plan is that they're going to just put... Um, these crystals that expand in water, he's going to combine it with um, kryptonite and he's going to throw it into the uh, Atlantic Ocean and it's going to create a giant continent mm-hmm. of crystals, wipe out the whole eastern seaboard of the United States and the southern uh, and South America. And my map fear really, like, you guys know about my fear of maps and shit? No. So I, like, have a weird fear of, like, the ocean and, like, seeing big, big expanses of blue. You would have loved his plan. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. No, because it was too. I could see all the water being displaced over the earth, and it was creepy. I didn't like it. Anyway, so that was cool, um, and that's his plan. And then they follow it through. They go out on their boat. They've captured um, Lois and her son Jason um, in the boat, and they go out to sea and they build, start building this this um, continent. Essentially, this big, big. Um, yeah, uh, yeah, crystal thing. On the map, his continent looks like a real piece of shit as well. It's just like this <laughs> splotch. Yeah, yeah and it it's does. like, again, like the Kryptonians, how good were they really? I mean, they're, they're it's just like a big bath bomb. Yeah. That kind of like makes it perfect. <laughs> I don't perfect. think of it like those, you know, those like sponges shaped like dinosaurs? Yes! <laughs> you little you kid, you put them in the water and they're meant to get huge. It's yeah, like, yeah, oh, yeah. I got a dinosaur. I, I, even at the very start of the movie, there's actually like an old school style title card where it says, uh, it gives you a bit of a backstory. It says, like, wise Kryptonian scientist Jor-El sent his baby to, mm. to Earth. And I was like, was he wise by just like Kryptonian scientist standards? <laughs> yeah. Or I don't know, because the whole, their whole society, uh, after this crystal insight, I was a lot less of a fan of it. Also, the fact that they don't have any password protection no. on their big crystal computers. No facial recognition, thumb scanner, nothing like that. Look, yeah. So then uh, then Superman goes out to save, to save uh, Lois. Oh, before that, um, her husband, um, or her, her fiancé comes and saves her in his little seaplane, but they all get stuck in this scene, and that was scary too. I didn't like that. And again, I don't like the boat water but stuff. Before before he, he said that, it's actually kind of interesting because, again, like the disconnect between Luther and Superman in this movie, like he doesn't set out to kidnap like Lois Lane to like get at Superman. No. It just, she just kind of like stumbles yeah. onto his plan yeah. and gets on the boat and then it's already left. So he's like, well... Yes, I'll just hold you hostage then. But it's it wasn't like part specifically, yeah, part yeah. of his plan. And yeah, I remember I, she she manages to send off a fax to the Daily Planet to like alert them all that it's going. Saved down. by fax. And then they have to like get into a computer. Buy the paper, guys. Mm. <laughs> but they have to take like, that digital media. <laughs> but they have to get into the her computer. And poor old James Marsden is like try, trying all these different oh, passwords. Right. And he's like, hmm, try, uh, what's the name of their son? Try Jason. No. And he's like, try my name. And he's like, hmm, try like, what, what was his character's name? Superman. Oh, no, James Marsden. <laughs> uh, Richard. Richard. He's like, try, Richard is definitely Jason's father. Richard is, I definitely love Richard. So, yeah. hmm, no, nothing. I'm then, definitely not in love with Superman. Yeah. <laughs> and then the password ended up being just Superman, yeah. which... Not a great password, but I like to think that Frank Langella kind of like said that. It's like, 
Superman's back. Hey, everybody, set your passwords to Superman. <laughs> Superman is the only password we're going to need anymore. Actually, just on that, I mean, as a girl, and I read in one interview where Brian Singer said, we didn't pitch it right, maybe we pitched to women too much in this movie. And I will say that as a woman, um, it was very romantic. Like, that, one of the things that Superman does really well is those scenes where he takes Lois up into the sky, like, are very romantic and was done really well in this movie again. I was thinking about that, actually, uh, when they had their famous kind of, like, sky date. And it would be kind of like being on a party on a boat where it's kind of like they've taken the idea of the party and they've been like, okay, the only thing that can make this better is if, like, you weren't allowed to leave. So there's like, there's no exits, you're kind of stuck there, you can't do your little circuit, go that's inside, go outside. kind of how boats work most of the time. I know, like, if you're out on the ocean, I, you I can't... hate the idea of party boats. Like, you right. see them go down the Yarra all yeah. the time, it's like, you poor suckers. Like, there's no exit strategy. So Lois Lane on this date, it's just like, she's basically stuck on Superman's feet. And she can't really control any aspect but of it. she's in love with him. Yeah, kind like, of. You're, you're acting like Superman is like, like all he... your co-workers that annoy you. Mm. He's Superman. He's a he's a handsome hero mm. who she's in love with and is the father of her kid. Also, Spoiler. I'm pretty sure she could go. I'd like to go. I'd like to go back now, and he would probably go. Yeah, okay, because because I care about you and <laughs> yeah, love you, and yeah. I'm not a creep rapist. He's not like, that's, okay, that's we're true. gonna live up here now <laughs> on my feet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like yeah, Carl's like. <laughs> That you're like, yeah, this romantic date would be really bad. I can't just leave. Pointing, I'm just being the you're devil's the most advocate. Unromantic unre- person. Well, we Superman is not. I mean, yes, Lois is portrayed as being kind of like having strong feelings for him, but Superman, again, I want to come back to the fact that he's not portrayed, or he's portrayed realistically in terms of those powers. Like when he listens into someone with his super hearing, it sounds like they put audio distortion on it, so it sounds as if like you're tapping a phone. Which I well, it sounds like electronic surveillance, yeah. which I think is very deliberate because it sort of makes it so it's not just like Smallville where it's just like you can hear a conversation. It's like you get the intrusive nature of it and the fact that he's kind of like surveilling everybody. And when he yeah, when he looks through walls to to see people behind them again, mm. it's it's kind of like you get this like creepy surveillance feeling to it. I think in this movie that I think was very deliberate. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm sure. I no, think this I is in my reading. I think I it was very deliberate. Okay. Okay. No, I I get, believe you. You don't like Superman. You think he's a creep. <laughs> he's like, no, yeah. I I liked this portrayal of Superman because I think they've actually tried to tackle how creepy it would be yeah. uh, for a guy to have these powers. And yeah, when he's listening into someone's conversation out of earshot, that's not really an innocent use of power no. because he that is an intrusion. Because no one knows he can do that. So when his eavesdropping on like Lois Lane, it's like, yeah, that should be portrayed as kind of an abuse of power. And it's just so natural to him because he doesn't really have a frame of reference. It's, yeah. it's kind of like, it's portrayed as the right level of weird. Mm. But Superman kind of like gloms onto this plan that Luther's got to grow his own massive supercontinent that's going to like recreate the world in his image and he's going to control like all of them and flies off to stop it. And then we get the confrontation, which is also like the pretty much the first and only scene with actually Luther and Superman sharing the set. What did you guys think of how that went down? We, I kind of had sort of started to lose interest at this point. And yeah, this is like two and a bit hours. Yeah, and I kind of looked away at some point and then noticed that Superman was now on the ground and I think I think Lex had punched him. Yeah. And he punched him and it turned that's when he and like so when how he does, realizes that it's kryptonite. Yeah, so he's weakened on this on this continent. Um 
I mean, it was fine. This is the bit where Kitty starts to really... She's already started to, like, tear up doing her, like, best acting. Mm. Like, when she starts to see that... Like, she starts to see Luther's plan, which is, you know, millions and billions of people will die. Mm. And she, you know, her little eyes go all watery. And she's like, what? And then... um, And same in this scene when they're beating up Superman. She's like... Don't hurt him. Like, he saved me from my car. <laughs> there was a great tiny little interaction uh, when Superman first got to the rock and he's, like, checking everything out. And he looks at Kitty and he recognises yeah. her from the car crash and he gives her this look that's like, really? And she just gives this kind of, like, little shrug back. Yeah. <laughs> it was only, like, two seconds, but I really liked that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and then, yeah, and then so he they stab him with kryptonite. They, they beat the shit out they of him. Beat they the really beat the crap out of him. They're just like kicking him, punching him, holding his face down in a puddle. It's yeah. like, it's really, it's, it's really, really brutal. Yeah, and then they stab him with a shard of kryptonite into mm-hmm. his side and he falls into the ocean. Luther um, says, fly or something like that. Yeah. He says, now fly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was actually pretty good. That was cool. Yeah, <laughs> and he falls into the ocean and then um, Lois wakes up having been rescued by Superman and her partner and they're flying away and realize and she says to him we have to go back for him he's gonna die and um and they do and uh and she finds him Lois saves Superman she jumps jumps into the water into very deep choppy water which again I didn't like she jumped in there and saved him and and they put him back on the plane and then there's a weird sequence of them trying to escape like lift off in the choppy water throughout which oh, was yeah. completely unnecessary mm, and boring yeah. um and then he they she pulls out the kryptonite from him and he goes back to save the day and he does he lifts he goes under water <laughs> and and um uses his eye lasers to cut i guess extract mm. the crystal from the from the earth's core uh from the crust and he lifts it into the sky and pushes it into the sky but he's been so so badly injured with the kryptonite and with with the with the thing that he falls back down to earth with a thud i kind of liked the moment of him like piffing the big like new continent away because it was a neat little bookend because it the movie kind of started with him seeking out like the remnants of krypton in space and kind of like searching for his homeland and it ends with him just like tossing the remnants of his homeland out into space and like falling back down to earth mm. so that was that was kind of neat so it, like krypton really was inside him all along because <laughs> yeah. he got stabbed with a shard of it <laughs> as a shit it was like a, it was like a prison yeah, prison fight it yeah. was like it was i almost thought it was too brutal for the movie like i i it didn't don't fit with the tone of the movie i don't really need but i think this is for a lot of superhero movies like i don't need to see them actually like beaten for like five four minutes to within an inch of their lives for it to be like dramatic dramatic i I, yeah i I just i have no real wish to see someone just like pound the shit out of superman for like five minutes an old lady getting a good pounding though that's that's (laughs) more up your alley i i didn't like it i'm shocked that it was in there oh okay okay i I don't hate it but (laughs) it's just it's just it's an interesting choice interesting choice to to start the movie with I just realised as well we haven't really gone into uh, Super Baby. Yeah, so oh, yeah. it's it's so it's revealed what well, well, partly when they've been captured on the on the boat, Jason, one of the thugs is going to beat up Lois, and little Jason has been sitting at the piano. Um, you sort of you see the piano get flung across the room and um, and hit the guy, and it's not explicitly said, um, but obviously yeah, he's got. 
Powers. Tudor yeah. Powers. So he's probably not Richard's kid. Uh, I'd like to see Richard try and do the mental gymnastics now. <laughs> <laughs> I really, really would. But I mean, she would have needed to, like, start stooping Richard pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. Like, like for him to even believe. Unless like, his powers of denial are even stronger than like, his thoughts. Like, we also don't know the gestation period of a human Krypton hybrid. So this I, I can just the... imagine the Lois and Richard's conversation where it's like, because one of the running sort of threads is that they're fiancés, but they've never gotten married for mm. like five years. Yeah. So he could be like, don't you think it's time to get married? And she's like, well, you know, it's like we, we have a strange relationship. I mean, our baby was born only like one week into our relationship. So <laughs> yeah, we, yeah, can, yeah. Like, we can like wait a while for the actual marriage. Time isn't everything. So this sort of plays into the argument that happens in War Rats, mm, um, yeah. where they talk about what, how... Um, Superman would probably kill any human female sexual partner he had with like his powerful penis and semen, right? And this obviously proves that incorrect. Like a woman can have his baby. I'm just saying. You're saying this is definitively canon now? Uh, well, sorry, are we saying that um, Kevin Smith's movie is canon? I haven't actually seen more. Well, I haven't so. I've, I don't, I've heard the argument, though. Yeah, I don't consider more rats to be part of the DC universe. Okay. So. <laughs> well, anyway, obviously now that question's been answered. Yeah. Yes, you can have a super baby, and yeah. Lois had one. And then, so he's in hospital, and Lois goes to visit him, and she's like, whispers something to him. I wonder what that could have been. And then uh, he comes back to life and comes and visits his son. And does he say to his son in bed the same thing that... Yeah, he does yeah. the Brando. Brando says, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we should also mention Brando's voices throughout this movie, oh, kind of speaking to his son, which actually I thought was kind of cool. Little cinematic reunion between Marlon Brando and Mark Kent, who were both in On the Waterfront. Yes, they were. The uh, By the guy who sold out all the uh, communists. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah. Okay, we've got to um, start wrapping up. So what was the... Um, let's rate the plan. Yeah, okay. Would you live on Kevin Spacey's... New Krypton continent because that's that's really the nutshell of the plan. Mm. Seemed like it had no like you know nice land like there was no yeah. there's no yeah, there's no rocky. vegetation there was yeah. no follow through on yeah. the actual development. How, how do you yeah what we you, they obviously didn't do any sort of like um, soil samples to see whether or not but I mean you know they got they got potatoes to grow on Mars in the Martian I'm sure they could get mm. something to grow <laughs> grow on that I don't know it did look. It was just very violently on the globe, and yeah. for that I very ugly content. Yeah, and for that I didn't like it. it. It scared me in the in the thing. So I might try and go and live on the archipelago that is now North America, yeah. um, uh, on the on the, the the west coast of North America, which is actually my preferred coast. I feel like that that island would have. This is going to be a, a Melbourne reference, so sorry for anyone who's not in Melbourne. But I feel like um, that island, the, the, that continent, would be sort of like Docklands. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> everyone's just trying to convince you that it's really good real estate, but it's actually just kind of a shithole. I thought that that puts it up perfectly to what I think of yeah. it as well. It's like a lot of new development, yeah, yeah, and a lot of like a Costco, yeah, yeah, a lot of effort gone into the actual planning stage, but it's just like one of these. A couple of big cities. businesses will will move their new eco um, mm. uh, um, offices there, but and and there'll be lots of apartments that are not filled. Yeah, it's it's like the new Dubai or something. Mm. It's just going to be filled with skyscrapers, and then they're all going to be vacant lots within yeah. a couple of years. But is it a good plan? Otherwise, I feel like it, it's a pretty it good plan. Worked. It, yeah. it worked really well up yeah. until um, Superman like threw it threw into space. space yeah. But I think part of it was just he 
just wanted to get it Superman. My so. issue with it, why, why I don't like the plan, is that it really seems to have come out of nowhere and only because they went to the Fortress of Solitude did mm. they learn that that was even possible. Mm. So we, we're, we're introduced to Lex up front, but he obviously doesn't have a big plan up front except except to, you know, bang old ladies and mm. get their money. So That was a better plan. He pulled that plan off perfectly. Yeah, so he's basically like the guy in The Producers. He's, he's been running that scam for five years yeah. while his has been around. Well, like been, Grand been, Budapest Hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's just been he's been doing that for five years. Yeah. Now Superman's back. Oh, I guess I have to go back to being a supervillain. Yeah. yeah. So he he did that, and then um, so so really the plan kind of just came about opportunistically for him, which I didn't like. So I did a bit of reading, uh, and it looked like, and this ties into Cal Penn again. So in one of the original drafts. Cal Penn was like a bit of a bigger character and he was like a Daily Planet science reporter and Lex Luthor paid him to put a plant a fake article in the Daily Planet talking about how Krypton had been found and that's why Krypton uh, Superman like flew off five years ago to go find it so the idea was that like Lex Luthor drew Superman away from the planet then like used that to kind of like get out of jail and then like enact his plan that's better because that gives uh, a bit more of a continuity throughout that whole stuff which and it is ties bit... in the whole krypton aspect yeah. which is just a bit of a non-secretary yeah. well i can't even remember why they went to the fortress of solitude like what he just wanted to go there and that the fact that he knew it was there oh he knows it's, it was there in the second i movie, think his original he? plan was just to go there and like do an upper decker in the bathroom or something <laughs> But then he was like... He Have you found... ever tried taking the top off a crystal toilet? It's impossible. <laughs> but then they found that, like, Jor-El will just, like, talk to pretty much anybody. Yeah. Just start gas-bagging about all of their secrets, which is basically just, like, different ways to use crystals. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. don't see them going through his makeup tutorial videos. It's got a bunch <laughs> of great, like, YouTube series. It's awesome, guys. Can I mention one thing that I actually quite like about it? It's just a yeah. little thing that... that um, while the continent is being formed, one of the things that Superman does is he actually goes out of his way to go back to Metropolis because there are flow-on effects that mm. are causing, oh, like yeah. you know, there, there's gas explosions and stuff yeah, happening dropped, in Metropolis. We skipped over that. Yeah, yeah, and there's you know people are getting hurt, people are in trouble, and rather than just going after Lex, he actually goes back to save people and mm. tries to save as many people as he can, and then goes back to you know. So he's actually zooming between them. Back and forth. Yeah. I actually really like that aspect, and that's something that is a common criticism of Man of Steel is that he has no yeah. concern for people when he's fighting Zod, and I I like that they have it in Superman Returns. Yeah. Yeah, he's actually being genuinely heroic. He's not just fighting the villain. Guys, he's. Is this movie better than Man of Steel? Oh yeah, I like it better than Man of Steel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, I'm just... we, we really should have set that up right. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it is right because Man yeah. of Steel was garbage, right? Well, I didn't it's, like it. I, I, it's yeah, it's yeah. garbage adjacent. I, I don't think it's. I don't think you can really do a good Superman film. I, I think it's really hard, isn't it? I think yeah. he's just one of those characters. Yeah. I think it's a. That's a problem with the the character itself. Yeah, like it, is. it was created really early, like yeah. in the nineteen thirties, and it was like one of the first sort of super powered people and is basically boring as I mean, all superheroes it. are kind of power fantasies, but as as the genres evolve, we've gotten a bit more we've gotten we've made them a bit more interesting. So yeah. you get like Spider Man has got like some unique things that make him interesting. Batman's got some unique things that make him interesting. But Superman is just like a really 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 powerful alien god and and that's it it's really hard to make that into a good story unless you like go all the way with it and say well yeah he's an alien god 
but how does that really make you feel? And the answer is kind of like really weird. And that's why I like Superman Returns. Yeah. And it kind of ended with, so Lois Lane does another editorial. Uh, this time she says like, why the world needs Superman. Which I thought was kind of interesting. I'm not sure if she's going to give her Pulitzer back, but it was... Is she going to win another one? Yeah. Or is she going <laughs> to have it know. taken away from her? Because I realise that she works for a garbage organisation. <laughs> there good. is a scene in this movie in the Daily Planet where they're in Perry White's office and he's got the blinds drawn and he's just like peering through <laughs> a crack in them like Principal yeah. Skinner. But, <laughs> like the but at the city. Like he's going to be on the 30th floor or something. He's <laughs> looking out so over the Metropolis. And there's these cardboard cutouts of him all around the Daily Planet yeah. saying stuff like, uh, what is it like, learn about your planet or whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, he's portrayed as like this real... Weird. I can't put my finger on what he's supposed then to. He's do. got a secret room with like jars of his own urine and <laughs> yeah, clippings. And, yeah, that's uh, I. Yeah, I did. I as much as uh, of the baggage that I have about this mm. movie, which I do, and I did at the time, and I hated it at the time. I, I rewatched it, and I've got to say, yeah, I didn't hate it. I do agree, it's overlong and bloated. And you're right, Kyle. Like there are many scenes that are either unnecessary or just way too long and just shot in you know too much detail um the piano scene the, uh, where, yeah they um, play heart and soul yeah and like the whole song yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> not just like a couple of bars yeah it's like down, we get it you're playing they heart really and soul. like hash it out it was uh, so hard. yeah there's a lot of that um i i think brandon routh is a great superhero i thought he a superman and i i really feel sorry for that actor to be honest like he got yeah, a it's bad unfair rap. that he cops the brunt of it for because he did not make the movie no and, and he actually gives it. a good performance yeah, so does, yeah. like and he was well cast mm. so i don't really have an issue with him i think kate bosworth wasn't quite the right person but at the same time she could have been way worse um america's distant cousin yeah <laughs> 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 yeah and so it's just it's like i don't know um Good, good, and also disappointing. An interesting one, guys. Yeah, it, it at least gave you a bit to to think of. There were some good scenes in it, but I I would not have watched this again probably ever uh, were it not for this podcast because it is it is a slog. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. Well, I guess we should wrap it up. We yeah. should uh, do our plugs. Yeah, sure. Um, you're staring at me. Yeah, <laughs> I'm always going to do You're like the only one who I saw you to plug. Oh, fine. <laughs> um, come see Souffles. It's improvised Shakespeare. You can uh, see, go to souffles.com. Uh, it's a lot of fun. I like it. We have monthly shows at the Improv Conspiracy Theatre in Melbourne. Um, you can get tickets at improvconspiracy.com. Now, uh, I'm, I'm kind of new to this. I haven't read much Shakespeare. How would you spell Souffles? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pretty much like you would expect, it's s double o t h p l a y e r s dot com. And just just the dot the dot com. Yeah, just just, just a standard dot com. Yeah, in, the, in, in your browser window. Yeah, just okay, in your yeah. browser. Yeah, there's a Go there's ahead. a vertical uh, sorry the horizontal yeah. spot at the top of your browser window, and you just type things in. And there. sometimes you know, like you could write www or http mm-hmm. um, colon slash yeah. slash www dot players, but then there are some modern browsers where you don't have to do that. Yeah, if you want to go your standard hypertext transfer protocol, that's fine. <laughs> we do operate by that. We don't have any FTP going. Uh, so yeah, go go to go to that and uh, come see me on the show. Cool. Um, well, uh, listen to three MBS. I'm on that sometimes. Three um, MBS or one hundred three point five FM. Cool, and uh, I've got another podcast. Uh, it's on Australian history. 
uh, weird and funny stories from that. Uh, do it with a guy named Michael and you can find us on laststoptonowhere.com or on iTunes. And remember to um, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. We're on, uh, at TCA Pod and um, get in touch with us. If you want us to do a particular movie, if you've got any suggestions, we'd be keen to hear from you. Yeah, get on Facebook and you know, yeah. throw us a thumb. <laughs> throw us a thumb, guys. Yeah, give us a thumb, guys. Come on. All right. It's going to happen. Uh, <laughs> Steffi out. Uh, thanks. Bye. <laughs>